0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. This is episode number 37, and joining me today is Hallie and Audrey McPherson.
1: Hi, Eddie. We're happy to be here. We're super excited. (laughs) Great,
0: great. Um, Question number one. Oh, I should probably introduce you a little bit more. Uh, Writer, director's... (laughs) Currently living in Los Angeles, California. We'll start with that. Great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we apologize in advance. Uh, we are sisters, and we realize that we sound almost identical. Yeah, even, on mic. even our
2: mom can't tell the difference when we uh, uh, group call her. Yeah.
0: All right. So who is who? If you want to, with the slightly more baritone voice, <laughs> this is Audrey McPherson,
1: and I'm Hallie. <laughs>
0: Perf. <laughs> All right, I guess, I guess, um, just for, uh, yeah, introductory stuff, like, for the people at home listening right now, mm-hmm. I know you because I was a script supervisor on, uh, your feature debut. That's film right. That is not out yet, but, mm. uh, <laughs> 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 um, but we, we spent a, uh, effectively, a month in Ojai, California, making a movie together. That's and, right. And <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. So that, that's our okay. And then this is a this is a couple years since then. So it's been nice to keep in touch. And now you're now you're in LA.
2: Right. So, um, Earthquake Country was uh, it originally started as a play, which I Hallie with the weirder voice um, wrote. Uh, my last year of college and I had been in grad school um, uh, getting my MFA in dramatic writing and I took a year off in between.
1: Um, (laughs) She took a year off because um, I'd been in LA uh, taking UCLA extension classes, kind of doing a cinematography thing, like gaffing, uh, getting on set whatever way I could with a lot of student films and uh, realized that I wanted to try my hand at writing. And when I thought about who, I'd tried writing with a couple other people before I tried writing by myself. Um, and then I thought, uh, my sister's the best writer I know. So uh, let's try to sweet talk her into doing it. So Audrey approached
2: me <laughs> ha-
3: uh,
2: having read my script, uh, Earthquake Country, the play, mm. and having adapted the first 15 or so pages into a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, Uh, Audrey came to me and she said, like, let's, let's write a movie together. And I think that she was expecting me to, (laughs) like, to be a
1: harder sell. Well, also, like, I took Earthquake Country, the play. I didn't think that's what we'd end up writing. Um, I'd like put slug lines in and made it a little more cinematic, but uh, I thought it would just be a pitch as like, look, our voices can combine, and we can make something great without like having to entice her to actually write something with me at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she read the pages I wrote and she liked them.
2: I liked them, and I got super excited because um, I had been taking classes for for screenplay writing, um, but this was the first time <laughs> that I actually liked it. Uh, our parents are, were screenwriters um, uh, and we grew up with parents who were uh, producing writing partners and they instilled in me a deep distrust of all things Hollywood. Uh, mostly, I think, as writers, because you don't really own your own IP afterwards. And I know things have changed and now it's an age of television and showrunners blah, 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 blah. But um, certainly for... for uh, features um I was very wary of the whole like studio buys your intellectual property and then they get to do whatever they want with it but anyway cut to many many years later Audrey approaches me with this thing and it and um the pages made me so excited and so I took some time off of grad school we wrote um this movie and I think we didn't really have plans to necessarily like shoot the fucker. But we did. It just kept getting bigger shot and bigger. Her dead. We <laughs> shot yeah. her on dead.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So what ended up? What started as maybe a broaching, maybe we want to write screenplays together, turned into uh, fully uh, committing to being filmmaker filmmaking partners. Uh, produced Earthquake Country by ourselves in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, like, a really great cast on board, got our DP on board early, which was great, um, and then ended up directing it, where we were all together for about a month in Ojai, uh, which was a great experience, and we're still super close. <laughs> and, and we, we got
0: to meet Eddie. We got to meet here. Eddie. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: But yeah, it was definitely, this This is uh, how we learned, <laughs> this is how we taught ourselves how to make a movie by making a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, learning on the job, that's the way to do it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna bring up the third the the third sister thing, but
2: Well <laughs> We do in fact have a third sister and her name is Eddie V. Hill.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. It was
1: um as hallie said this was our uh, first time making something of this size before and so uh, eddie is our script, script supervisor who is a veteran script supervisor mm-hmm. uh sort of the best in the biz came on board we have all these like behind the scenes <laughs> photos from the shoot where it's just the three of us just sort of locked at the hip eddie hallie <gasps> and me over an <laughs> ipad <laughs> <Punched> over <laughs> trying to figure out what what to do next um And you were definitely an important part of making that ship sail right. I mean, like, honestly,
2: too, uh, this is so... I, I especially since I'd never worked on a proper... Well, I I guess I'd sort of worked on a few sets uh, after college. But um, Audrey was really the one who, like, knew Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. the film set worked. And so um, I didn't... I didn't know what a script supervisor was, mm-hmm. continuity person. I knew the term script girl because
1: of, that's what our parents of our said. Parents, yeah, back in the eighties. And
2: like that scene you know, in which frames Roger Rabbit when the baby goes and under so the script girl. Hallie murder.
1: was really shocked when uh, Eddie showed up with his beard. No. <laughs> like our script girl.
2: But yeah, but no, the script supervisor is definitely the shadow, right? You're the shadow ninja, and uh, and. Um, an essential an essential part to the directorial experience also i apologize we have <laughs> we have a puppy here Hi. who's um trying to make herself known come here
3: little idiot
0: yeah well because i i really i don't know what to say about the sister thing um <laughs> for i know for besides me, the
2: family it, resemblance no,
0: <laughs> of course the family resemblance but uh i'm always i, I I've never had sisters before, mm-hmm. and it was very, very lovely for me to be like, "Oh my God, <laughs> are finally!" You really,
2: are you an only child? I
0: have a brother. A brother. I have a, I have a younger brother. How much yeah, younger? Three years.
2: Oh wow. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're the you're the older sister, <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was nice for me to be accepted into the family. Yeah, and, and I think
2: my favorite photograph of the three of us is the one <laughs> where we're doing this see no evil, hear no evil, speak oh, yeah, no evil. yeah, the
0: Instagram pic.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the essential <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> triptych,
3: <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, oh,
0: <clears throat> Yes. Uh, so I was gonna ask. I don't know how much earthquake country we want to we want to talk today, but
1: uh... we're happy to. Um... We're totally. We're fucking sick of it. <laughs> we're
0: so. <fucking laughs> but we
1: are sick of it. finally uh, submitting to uh, festivals. Our first festival deadline is uh, this coming Friday. Uh, we're submitting to Sundance so we're submitting submitting, yeah Um, we're happy to talk about it yeah we're but you know
2: it's been a long time coming and yeah we've been breathing eating sleeping
1: well it was an interesting process too because um we knew even coming out of it and we'd been in production mode i mean went from writing the script no downtime to producing to directing Mm -hmm. um and that was all sort of a mad dash
3: sure but
1: we knew we were taking a year off after we finished the film, because Hallie had to finish grad school,
2: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so Audrey moved to Pittsburgh with me. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I went to Pittsburgh with Hallie, and like we didn't work on the film. You
2: heard of Pittsburgh? It's a huge filmmaking mega. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was uh, it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, and then we didn't get back into it, so we took a year off. and didn't get back into it till after Hallie finished school. Pretty
0: much. Um, so yeah. So let's let's rewind a little bit. Okay. I want to go back to. So you approached Hallie to write the... Or to partner up on the Mm -hmm. script. You've never... Prior to that, there was no creative collaboration that... Oh, God, was there? (laughs) Like... (laughs) There there was. was. One...
2: Brief collabo, Uh, (laughs) and this was actually my first year of grad school when I was, well, this is... I uh, forgot about this, yeah. Yeah. okay, so anyway, my first year of grad school, um, I I went to Carnegie Mellon, and they have this really, 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 really Mm -hmm. wonderful program through the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, you always hear it on NPR, like... Funded by the But
1: tell what the parameters of that project So, anyway, was. it's
2: yeah. a screenwriting competition for dramatic, for certain dramatic writing schools. And uh, it's a, you have to write a something, a, a pilot, a feature, a sitcom, something. Um, a,
0: sp- a screenplay.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, some
2: kind of screenplay. Big
1: surprise we picked pilot.
2: <laughs> no, we picked a feature.
1: Was that a feature? No, no, no,
2: no yeah, yeah. Anyway, but
1: we we wrote a whole feature. I just year. don't remember this it.
2: This is the first year. Um, my, this is my first year of grad school. We um, had to write a some a screenplay uh, that was scientific in some way that enhanced the general public's knowledge of some okay. kind of science. Big thing.
1: surprise, not our typical lane. <laughs> not, yeah. not exactly what so, um, you pick. And
2: it, it, this was the first screenplay I'd ever written, and I fucking panicked. And I was so upset because, you know, like I, I imagined myself be doing something like, um, like a, I don't know, some sort of Greta gerwig uh who's kajillionaire, Miranda July, uh, Wes Anderson, you know, a bomb Bucky script with a bunch of feelings and fucked up people. But they're like, no, you need to write something with a fucking plot. <laughs> that,
1: wow. That was just a pan <laughs> of just a whole bunch of my idols. So thank no, you. No. Jesus.
2: Uh, with, Just with, don't with have plot. a plot. <laughs> and you need to have hard science in it and the science needs to be um, uh, meticulously researched and they and they pair you up with a scientist. So I wrote something about CRISPR which is, um, God, I can barely even remember. It's gene editing technology. Mm. Uh, and it's, fabulous
1: but uh i didn't it's know what, to... like they use CRISPR to put splice like firefly dna into plants to make glowing plants yeah. they do it with kittens and, and stuff. that actually yeah.
2: made it into the screenplay anyway so i come home for thanksgiving uh uh, we're well, we at a
1: family reunion, down and in I'm Mar,
2: having yeah. a freaking breakdown because I hate the subject matter that I'm doing. I feel bullied into making this, writing this. <laughs> Allie's grad
1: school experience assignments were were bullying. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: yeah, so you choose, you pay to go to grad school, and then and,
1: resent the assignments, and then you know? the professors <laughs> really bully you into yeah. writing stuff.
2: <laughs> anyway. So, um, so I was just a nervous wreck and I was late on all my deadlines and Audrey's like, well actually, I've been kind of like dipping my toe <laughs> into, into the creative process. And so I remember we were on the bus back from Del Mar to Santa Barbara and we just knocked out a fucking screenplay together.
1: Yeah, it was like three hours on a bus and we yeah. just wrote a feature. And it was yeah. horrible. Oh, it was so, so bad. bad. But this is a redemption story. We did not win Sloan that year, but then two years later... We, we also cheated by having me <laughs> write on it, yeah. and that time we won. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: So my second year of grad school, because uh, <laughs> once I got back into grad school, and Audrey was living with me in Pittsburgh, I had nothing uh, to do. <laughs> I would basically come up with the ideas for whatever assignments I do, and then she'd help me. Uh, w- I would write the first drafts because I guess I thought that that was like a little bit nobler (laughs) or whatever and then audrey would help me (laughs) polish them and uh so that's the sloan competition that year we got third place yeah we we spit it we spit it congratulations yeah thank you thank you yeah Yeah, we're we're shopping we're shopping that one that's that pilot is called dead planet we're actually very proud of it
1: it was actually very funny. I thought Hallie was being, like, very secretive with the fact that I was helping write things. Um, or at least I dresser. Oh, no, Melissa Yeah, so one of her professors. Melissa um, Martin,
2: a genius, a wonderful woman. Yeah. Hi, Melissa.
1: Uh, <laughs> she wanted to hire me to help out on a project uh, to be part of her crew. Uh, she was filming a now. she was filming a feature, yeah. and then it got shut down because of COVID. So I didn't end up helping her, but I went a couple times to meet her for coffee. And she mentioned she's like, "Yeah, I've noticed this year that Hallie has a slightly different voice. <laughs> like it's it's like Hallie Plus." And like I was being like, "I don't know what that is," and she's like, "I think it's really nice. Your voice comes through." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, thank you. That's lovely." So. so
2: this is a whole long way of saying, if we're going to rewind again, I remember where we started. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. When Audrey approached me with these pages of Earthquake Country Adapted, she just wanted to write something together. And we spent a couple weeks in my shitty apartment um, bedroom in Brooklyn, putting sticky notes and, and note cards all over the walls, as writers are wont to do, um, trying to come up with ideas that would really... Um, flex, uh, speak to our voice, what story we wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And after a week or two of doing that, um, I, <laughs> sorry, my dog is eating soil. <laughs> I, I said, Odds, I think that actually the first story we want to tell has already been written, and it's this play that you started adapting, or that you had begun to adapt, um, and this is, this is the story that we start with.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Uh, which was a good place for us to start since um, it's a story set in California where we grew up, and um, it has to do with family mythology and sisters, Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. it was
0: appropriate. Very, very much so. No, because I think about, because the the interesting thing from my perspective is like, all right, we haven't made anything together before, we haven't really written to that capacity before, Mm -hmm. and then I'm just watching like... You know, years later, it's like, all right, they've only you've dived, divin, (laughs) dove? all of it. We (laughs) did all of it. it, (laughs) (laughs) You've just jumped in further in the collaboration of like, all right, we're we're gonna keep doing this and keep making stuff. So how how I guess you mentioned a little bit of the story of Earthquake Country, but how did how did Coming out of that, and then going to Pittsburgh, and being like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna continue our sisterly creative director, uh, co-director, co-writer life." Like, well, it's it's been really uh, Pittsburgh was a sort of.
1: Sort of a detente period Because um, You know We weren't writing Every day Mm -hmm. Um, But since then um, Like Hallie and I write Almost every day We meet at 8 We write to 12 um, And you
0: live You live together And we
1: live together Yeah we live together We We are roommates
2: We are sisters And we are business partners
1: Yes uh, Business partners And creative collaborators And it's
2: always okay It's always fantastic always just Rainbows
1: and butterflies But no Something like serious Is that But um, I feel like this industry has just a very high threshold for breaking into it. And I think that can get people super down because things don't happen as quickly as you want them to, regardless of your talent level, regardless of uh, pretty much anything other than maybe if you know someone who can advocate for you who's already within the business. Um, And having a partner who you know you can meet with every morning um, who's there for the ride. It's um, tremendously empowering, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it gives you momentum.
1: Yeah. And, and gets hope. Hope, <laughs> and <laughs> even, like, if you're feeling despair or, uh, you know, even just don't feel like getting up and writing, there's someone who you've promised that mm-hmm. your ass is going to be in the chair writing that mm-hmm. morning. Um, so it's uh, someone
0: who can hold you accountable. Yes, it's great. accountability partner. Yeah, yes, exactly, yes.
2: exactly. Um, and... Uh, so in terms of kind of trying to break in the inter- into the industry, because Audrey and I um, are still very much like baby writer, director, producers, whatever, um, who, you know, are not getting paid <laughs> in any significant way yet, which apparently is just like, it's what we gotta do. <laughs> yeah, so it's
0: just part of the process. Yeah, it's part mm-hmm. of the
2: process. Um, but uh, not only are we learning who we are just as sort of workers and business partners um and I guess I I don't like to use this word but like as like a brand as a as a entity Mm -hmm. um we're we're becoming better writers (laughs) we really are and we've uh our education just by doing it every day has um really accelerated anything I could have learned and certainly did learn by myself you know um we uh, Audrey is the person who made me comfortable with rewrites. I was always that person who was like afraid to uh, kill her darlings or or thought that if I couldn't do better and now we rewrite on a whim <laughs> yeah.
1: well Hallie too has a penchant and ability to sort of churn out a really beautiful first draft um so I I'm much more comfortable killing my d- darlings because uh, my first draft darlings aren't darlings. They're, <laughs> they're little <laughs> ghouly monsters. But ha- Hallie writes these things where, you know, the fir- at first time at bat, uh, her characters have beautiful, even just dialogue. Like, the dialogue's good in first draft where, like, I'm just writing filler shit. Um, and a lot of that stuff makes it to the final draft mm-hmm. in our stuff. So that's... Yeah. Um, that's sort of remarkable to see, and I don't think that's something that can be taught. I think that's just something that she does.
2: Yeah, I think that the the reason, when we were growing up together, we had a very, like, we had writer parents and very literary, mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, I remember I always wanted to be a writer from the time I was very, very small, um, but I didn't think I was going to write plays or movies. Uh, I thought I was going to be a poet or, or yeah. write prose or... that don't know. But um, it wasn't until college that I realized... I, I got into this playwriting uh, thing on a whim at um, Columbia, and you had to write a play really fast, like, within uh, a couple weeks. And I did, and that's when I realized that, like, writing dialogue, I just... Mm-hmm. I had an ear for it kind of rhythmically, and I think that it had to do... What I always ascribed it to was just like the way that our parents raised us to talk. Mm -hmm. like really fast
1: (laughs) like we're auctioning something off
2: (laughs) sort of and it's like in our in our like i don't know
1: well with our family it was uh, especially at my mom's house where you know she'd have these dinner parties and Mm -hmm. it was sort of for a small child to get a word in edgewise you had to be either funny or mean (laughs) preferably both
3: yeah and
1: that's the only way you could get a table of adults to really shut up and listen to you um And, yeah, I think Hallie developed an ear for it. That's why
3: we're such like
2: fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But, no, I we definitely... I, it's really easy for me to hear our family's, like, rhythms mm-hmm. in our dialogue yeah. that we write.
0: Yeah, so was there, like... A, what was the specific conversation that was had, like, post-Earthquake Country, where it was, we're deciding to do this, and this is... Like, what's, what's the what's the unifying goal that you two are, are pushing for that that was like talked about at some point? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah um, basically uh, we want to be paid to write so we want to mm. be we very much want to be in this industry. Uh, it took a little bit of teeth pulling to get Hallie to LA. Um, I had lived in
2: New York for 12 yeah. years. It was my home. I it was a whole emotional... Coastal thing. Mm-hmm. I was very scared to come to LA, mm-hmm. and also there was the um, the um, other component where I had I, I had to kind of, I've had to kind of not give up, but make secondary my identity as a playwright, which mm-hmm. I very much mm. um, was for my twenties, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't happening for me. And I'm much happier writing with Audrey. But yes, there were there was a.
1: But I, I think that's very generous of you too. You're asking what goals are, and I, I know Hallie's goal is still to write and have her plays put on, um, and I think that's something that I definitely keep in the back of my mind. Like when we're we're now looking for agents, and mm-hmm. you know there are agents who specialize in, or who like or who gravitate mm-hmm. towards. Uh, writers who are interested in theater as well mm-hmm. um so that's something that we're you know looking for um but how very generous to put that sort of desire on the back burner to focus fully on this uh, so i'm thrilled she did that um i don't i don't know how generous it was <laughs> I, I, think, I i feel like
2: we i feel like we're stronger than the sum of our parts.
1: yeah agreed uh, agreed
2: she makes odd. We make each other better writers. Again, there's that accountability thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I just it wasn't happening for me as yeah, a playwright.
1: Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like concrete goals, um, we very much want to write in this industry. Um, we would be delighted to be in a writer's room, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, writing someone else's characters, but eventually the goal is to write and direct our own features. So even Mm -hmm. if that is writing in a writer's room to get money to make our own independent features, Mm -hmm. uh, great, fantastic. Or
2: something more serialized. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, golly, it it seems to me that people either think that you go into television or you go into features and that Mm -hmm. they're both, that they're just different tracks I want to do both. I want to do all of it, but but uh, like Audrey said, the the first thing is we want to be paid to write, which just sounds like um, it sounds like a made up thing. So, <laughs> to me.
0: so so is it like so it okay? So you mentioned writing because mm-hmm. there's writing and then there's directing. Mm-hmm. Writing and then directing. <laughs> oh! you can't see what Eddie just did, but he just put writing under directing.
1: <laughs> so wow.
0: So because okay, you just described the goal as you want to be paid to write, being in a writer's room to make the money to write and direct. So yes. then, so is the is the bigger goal to be directing your own writing, or is it just the writing itself? Is
1: I, I think it's both. I think there are, there are two separate goals there. Um, actually, what's sort of most important to me is, like, I'd like to write our own characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be delighted to be in a writer's room uh, learning from more senior writers mm-hmm. about how yeah. to craft a show. That would be fantastic. But ultimately... Um, Sort of the magic of writing, I think, is making your own characters, you know, populating this world with these people that you just, you know, spring out of your mind. It's just, it's amazing that you get to do that and that people pay you to do it. Yeah. Um, And I want, I want to do that. And then sort of the ultimate goal, taking it to the next level, I think would be, uh, you know, crafting this thing and then getting to shoot it. um, Totally. And getting to direct it. It would be amazing.
2: uh directing earthquake country was incredibly empowering mm-hmm. and it was so um much fun to do it with audrey i think and you'll remember this a uh mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the way that we kind of tackled directing is audrey is much more competent or
3: <laughs> she is
2: competent behind <laughs> we'll stop we'll stop thank you very no, much <laughs> no audrey is much more competent behind a camera um and framing um, things and I learned a lot uh, being on set from her but my background in theatre made me very comfortable like talking to the actors about it and and kind of using the language to pull out what I wanted.
0: Yeah, the performance. Yeah, the performance
2: that we wanted from them and so we made kind of a very dynamic team And directing, I didn't think it was going to be fun. Mm. I was always so intimidated by directing, and especially coming from a background in theater, uh, which is very different, I now know, from directing a film. Uh, uh, I was so intimidated because I don't see how theatrical directors do what they do. I I just don't have the mind space, the, the fountain of ideas that...
1: Well, also like the thing about directing of features, you have a whole crew of like twenty yeah. plus people behind yeah. you, and it's this machine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at some at some points, you're just sort of saying "go," and hopefully, yeah. you've done enough work before Mm-mm. to you know have a have a set plan for that. And of course, you know, there's moments to get down, like roll around with the actors yeah. and like do, do changes. Um, and inspiration might strike, but. Um, mm-hmm. We had a very, very concrete plan going to, I mean, we spent months with yeah. Kelly, Urban, our wonderful DP, um, making a shot list. We knew every shot and the only things that changed were because of time constraints. You know, yeah. otherwise uh, the plan sort of went off as, as anticipated, which was great.
0: Yeah. Well, can you talk about the expectation versus reality on lining up to direct the feature? Because you were saying that you were expecting it not to be fun, or so. <laughs> right. What? What was the?
2: Um, what? Wh- okay, let me let me organize my thoughts. Uh, well, first of all, I was just very intimidated because um, I uh, I thought that I was out of my depth. Um, I certainly didn't know the. Uh, vicissitudes or machinations or even just like protocol of being on a film set that stuff like Mm -hmm. Audrey and I had talked briefly or we talked a lot about it before but um, but I was very intimidated that I was going to look really stupid but actually uh, what turned out what turned out happening was um, because I had Audrey uh, to teach me Uh, And because my sort of M.O. was to be like, hey, this is what I'm bringing to the table and I want our set to be as collaborative as possible, Mm -hmm. I um, became unafraid of asking everyone from Matt Hankes, who who, uh, pulled Focus, first, First AD, First AD.
1: Uh, Oh, AC,
2: excuse me. AC, AC. uh, To Alicia, who was our first AD and kept everything running smoothly, to the gaffers, to everything. I I would just ask them all questions. And um, I think that that uh, was so – everyone was so generous. And I think it made for a climate on set um, that was really collaborative, which made it fun. It was and, a big
1: learning, thing. and I think I can come out of like expectations versus reality too. Was um, like we were producing fully by ourselves. Uh, we had one other producer, but she, she wasn't living with us. She mm-hmm. wasn't in the house every day. Yeah, where and she came
2: on a little later, and
1: she came on later too. And we we spent eight ten hour days mm-hmm. every day just like putting this thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was. Uh, I knew directing would be easier, but uh, I was so stressed out during production. Yeah. I mean, I lost 15 pounds like in the, in the month leading we up to it, it. We
2: called it the marshmallow diet. Yeah.
1: I was, I was, I was so stressed out about like putting this thing together and it was a, I mean, it was a big team for first time directors. I mean, it wasn't like five people and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a DSLR or something. I mean, it was a real, it was a real, it was a skeleton crew, but it was a real crew, you know? Yeah. Um, and everyone came together for a month and the logistics of that, putting that together, um, as first time Time producers uh, was actually pretty harrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actual shoot was way easier because you know we had a really good crew and everyone yeah. knew what they were doing and it just mm-hmm. sort of everyone gelled and it moved mm-hmm. forward. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, coming out of that sort of alone period into yeah. into a full fledged it production was, was actually really nice.
2: It was a blast. And what I found is that I very quickly, because I think of the environment on set and just how wonderful. The people we worked with were so wonderful. Are so wonderful. I mean, we still know you. You're you're okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I very quickly became and felt more empowered to do directy, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> directy <laughs> things. Yeah. Well, cause I, I I think I mentioned this before, but when I look back on Earthquake Country, I think. Like that's kind of my, my barometer of like a nice smooth collaborative experience oh, of being on set. Good. That I like when I was in New Mexico recently with my with my tiny crew. I'm like, all right, I want to give an experience kind of like what I had mm-hmm. in Ohio. That's awesome. So I like that. I, I utilize that experience a lot because I like because um, you mentioned it before with, with like talking to everybody, getting everybody involved, mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. that you don't. It's like you just want as much help as possible yeah. on the day.
2: And you want to empower the people who are experts at their thing mm-hmm. that they're doing to get give input. Yeah. Um, I remember um, there were a couple <laughs> of times when like Hengis uh, for Stacey and Kelly, you know, they're like, actually, don't you think the shot would be better this way? And like, yeah,
1: yeah. please. I mean, the two mm-hmm. of them have forgotten more about, you know, cameras yeah. than we'll ever know yeah. in our lives. So, exactly. Uh, and, and,
2: and I mean, like the thing is too, and this, why I always liked theater especially too, is because of the collaboration. Mm-hmm. And filmmaking is just as much a, a, a collaborative sport uh, art.
1: Um, or it a, can be, at least. Or it can least. be. yeah And
2: and I think that Audrey and I, we just, like, we, ego aside, or, you know, that's kind of a trite thing to say, but, but ideally ego aside, if we're all working in service of the final project, product
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, then why wouldn't you just want everyone to just <laughs> no, do sure. the thing because like
0: one thing I think about specifically is I remember kind of when we would set up for a, a specific scene or something mm-hmm. uh, we would always do like our little our little group catch up yeah. before we would jump in it's like alright sweet let's let's all sit on the floor mm-hmm. let's look at the script let's like line <laughs> out the shots and, yeah. Uh, yeah DP AD directors and then I was included as well. Sister. Script supervisor's (laughs) sister came over too. So I. And then just clarifying with with that main team on like what the plan was and making sure everybody was on the same page and then executing it. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't. I do not see that very often at all on set. And if it does happen, the script supervisors. Like I usually have to like.
2: Yeah, insert yourself.
0: Which Make is it, sure I'm there versus... We versus. don't have a
2: single continuity error in our movie.
1: No, and the eyelines are all perfect, too, islands which was no, perfect. sure, right, sure. But sure. I, I just can't imagine not wanting the person who's in charge of keeping everything organized, involved with the organizational meetings, mm-hmm. um, just because I think we would have been... It, it would have seriously handicapped us, so... No, for sure.
2: I, I still don't know how to make an eyeline correct
0: (laughs) I don't you don't need to and
2: and I do need to and I will when I get Mm. on a set again and like have to learn how to do it but shit dude it's like I'm not gonna fuck up our movie because what like I've I've, my ego is hurt because Eddie knows what he's doing I don't
1: like
3: (laughs) we were
2: so grateful
1: and the other thing too is like Mm -hmm. we'd had like obviously we made a shot list and we had some ideas in our head but a lot of the locations we've never been to you know mm-hmm. um or we'd been like, to no we, we went to all the locations. no the the what, what? house in ventura oh I'd, yeah i've never one. been there yeah, that one was pretty scary. um some of the places we were shooting on the street uh like yeah we've been to the roads before but we didn't know exactly where we were shooting where we were setting up where we could set up because of traffic right and True. so uh whether those meetings were in part safety and in part like how do we get this thing from our head into reality mm-hmm. i can't imagine uh not having a meeting where you you talk to people about what we're going to actually do. Um, And I I think it was super beneficial because uh, I felt like everyone was on the same page whenever we were shooting. Everyone knew what was going on.
2: One of the things uh, that I kind of didn't expect was, and we did, everyone did gel so well and there was a real feeling of community and it felt like people were happy on the set and wanted to be there and work. Um, one of the things that I had trouble negotiating was the few, like, rough moments that there sometimes were um, in... Uh, uh, like, what, w- there were a couple of moments when some crew members were not doing their jobs or some of the actors were upset about something or, or uh, someone was just not... So, so th- all the normal kinks or something that happens in any Mm -hmm. workplace situation. And, um,
1: or when you're, you know, spending a month together doing 12 hour days every day. And, uh,
2: what was hard, I, I don't, what am I trying to say? I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was very, very conscious of being 29. I was very conscious of being female um, I was and and I was very conscious of being a first time director. Um, when I felt like my ultimate authority or Audrey's, reason, my ultimate authority uh, was sometimes questioned, I didn't know I didn't know exactly how to,
1: well, no, it's a, it's a weird position, whether whether uh, female or age, but definitely first-time directors, yeah. uh, where, I mean, if you see the director as, you know, leading the project, which I guess in, in features, you know, that's what's happening, um, there is a certain degree of feeling like you have to earn the respect of your crew. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. they're here to make a movie, and if the person telling them what to do <laughs> doesn't seem to be leading down the path of... You know the ultimate end goal, making a making a winning an Oscar. Solid, <laughs> a solid, no, I mean,
0: of course, it, it
1: makes sense, and so uh, there's definitely imposter syndrome, especially when it's your first time directing. I mean, you are an imposter, sort of by default, you yeah. know.
0: No, I'm mean, of course like I'm I'm familiar with the feeling as well mm-hmm. of some because especially if you've never. Done. It's just there's this, the question to this th- thyself as well of mm-hmm. can I even do this at all mm-hmm. and I'm here are my decisions right and yeah am I capable can I do this maybe I can't like there's those mm-hmm. it can be a little little self-doubty can come in at some especially if stuff trips up yeah mm-hmm. with with somebody's not liking the direction of the scene that you spent so much time on mm-hmm. and it's like
2: or last minute change freak someone yeah. out which of course, sure. sure. Yeah. I guess what, what um, th- the big balance of what was so stimulating being on set was finding the line of, like I said, like collaboration, make everyone feel like they have their voices heard or, or I mean, like, not that they just feel that way, having everyone's voices heard. And then also being the person who's like, actually, though, the buck stops here. And if I say I'm going to cut this line, cut the fucking line. You know, because, and actually, let's not have a 15 minute conversation about it, you know? Um, and so it's just that line is what I'm saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And,
2: and I sometimes, it, it was just hard, it was hard to negotiate because of all of those things we just mentioned, like imposter syndrome and.
1: Yeah. Something else that I found challenging was, um, you know, obviously, Hallie and I had spent so much time with the film and the project, imagining it, you know, working out every shot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but just by nature of it being an independent film, the actors do a ton of work by themselves that we're just oh, yeah. not there for. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only had two days of table reads mm-hmm. uh, before. And so, uh, thank God our actors were wonderful and came with fully-fledged characters. Oh, my God, they so, um, so So great. But um, working through sort of the dissonance of... What you imagined, what the actors bringing? Do you change it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do in a scene where two actors might be coming to the role from sort of different worlds? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much instruction can someone really take mm-hmm. when a whole yeah. crew is watching them, mm-hmm. and this is the first time they've done it because you didn't have the time to really sit down with the actors or the you know were able to pay the actors to sit down and really talk through characters with them. Um, is is an interesting problem because and when you were talking about theater, just mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. Where you know they really work through that together and um, mm-hmm. in oh, independent filmmaking. I mean, at least for us, uh, that wasn't really an option. Um, One of
2: the things that was interesting. This this I'll always remember is. Um, one i was i uh wanted all of the actors to do um basically italian reads um before they got the scenes just so that the uh their dialogue was down lickety split that they that you know what i mean okay sorry your face <laughs> but no no so i wanted every i wanted them to know the lines backwards and forwards and so i was um really pushing Um, in some instances where I felt they may be a little bit wobbly on their lines to just no emotion, no inflection, just practice, practice, practice right before up until we were shooting. And one of the actors gave me some pushback one time. Um, and I think he was upset because, uh, he said, if we do this, everything's going to, um, feel flat when we finally get in front of the camera and everything. And that was something that I now understand a little better. But in the theater, it's like, if you don't do that, like, that's just how mm-hmm. I, that's how I always knew. Uh, that's how I learned um, to learn lines, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so that was a, that was an interesting communication thing where I think that there was, we were both like a little bit like, Ruffled feathers and everything, and and we had to come up with um, a, a way of presenting it uh, as a team sport as situation. As a team sports situation, right? I remember um, saying like the way that you're going to support your uh, the other actors in this in this scene in this room is to um, help them.
1: Yeah, no, help not. them flourish. Yeah. But that was also that was a learning experience for us too because yeah. um, this earthquake country comes from a play, and there are just right. a ton of words. There oh, yeah. it is unforgiving, and it's
2: it's a talkie, talkie There are
1: scenes that read like a stage play, mm-hmm. and um, we had an idea for some of the interior shots to just do you know wonders of these things from one angle. And thinking back to that, I mean having having an actor sort of do rapid-fire dialogue for ten minutes. Um,
2: <laughs> None of them were ten minutes.
1: The scene in the living room was eight minutes. And, you know, we shot from different angles, but we wanted the, the master shot to be one take. Um, and that's really intimidating. And I could not, like, mm-hmm. thinking about, I mean, I'm not an actor. Thinking about trying to, it's just... Well, sort of overwhelming. You are, you are now. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I am now. I just humiliated myself on camera, which is a, a story for another time. Um, but, I, well, no, it's not. Okay. Um, I just I just tried acting with a camera on me, like a camera literally over my shoulder while we were doing, you know, uh, while we were getting dialogue. And it's super intimidating it is way more intimidating than reading lines at least for me in front of an audience Mm -hmm. um totally
2: audrey and i have both acted on mm -hmm. stage yeah um and i we both really liked it Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. um and i certainly grew up acting on stage uh but put a camera in front of either of us in case you can't notice this
1: is an audio (laughs) situation yeah
2: uh eddie came you came (laughs) <laughs> for the audience out there, uh, with a camera. And I had to shut that down because I um, <laughs> I started perspiring. <laughs> yeah. No, acting in front of a camera is uh, really a different animal. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the most gratifying, most beautiful things in Earthquake Country was getting to see people have amazing performances with this camera right in their fucking face. It's a talent that I don't possess, don't want to
1: pursue. And don't understand. Totally. But thank God it exists, you know? I
2: remember um, uh, on the set finally understanding the term, the cliche, the camera loves you. Like, it does. It loves some people. Yeah. It does not love me.
0: (laughs) It's a a two-way street on the camera, though. Like, they, I think it, takes loving the camera back yeah it's a, it's yeah very, very that's helpful. very that's very yeah. true <laughs>
2: audrey and i are, are producing a web series right now mm. um, with some uh very talented people in new york including
0: our Alicia first AD. Herter,
2: our first ad on Earthquake country um and we just launched an indiegogo campaign to mm. <laughs> raise money to produce the the uh, series, and we had to um, do a little campaign plea, yeah.
1: and a little um, begging moment, yeah. if you will. Uh,
2: just uh, we recorded ourselves. It's on the Indiegogo campaign, and um, I freaked out on camera. It's like it's just it's like I when I look at myself on camera asking people for money, like I'm doing something weird with my chin, and I sound. W- dilted and strange and it's like what was i doing with my hands like it's just when a camera is on me all of a sudden i forget how to act and the, like a human the strange
1: <laughs> thing was too is like for this project it's, it's a web series called ghost town is we wrote the thing over zoom and so because we were all quarantined because we were quarantined as covid um and so we met on zoom every day to write and like what we recorded was just a Zoom conversation. And so all Hallie had to do was think, like, we're not recording this, and it's just what we do every time. But, like, it, no, like. Anyway, yeah, I was
0: also very uncomfortable.
2: It's a very strange psychological phenomenon.
0: Yeah. It just takes practice or something else. Or avoidance. Yeah, avoidance, practice. I think I can avoid it. A tranquilizer (laughs) maybe. yeah. Yeah, you don't need it. Beta it's blocker. Fine. Yeah. Alright, I'll jump to a random other question to segue us and we'll find somewhere to go from there. My love life isn't great Yay! Oh my god. Right. So just, it was just a curiosity that I had on the on the setup of, of my questions here. Mm-hmm. Being that you're a collaborative writing directing duo. Mm-hmm. How does it work with whose name comes first? Oh, we decided
2: script- that long ago.
0: Scripts and directing credits and stuff like that. How Audrey's that name
2: always comes first because it's alphabetically first. And we just put that to bed. Yeah. Yeah. All not right, a deal.
0: Easy. Yeah. Uh,
2: and we are a ampersand team, which yeah. means that we are an entity and not two separate people. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> it, it means that we're a bona fide team. Yeah, we're bona fide.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My understanding of it is the, the it's the collaborative writing together versus mm-hmm. like you wrote it and then shipped it off and never right. touch it again and then yeah right right right, right. the ampersand. Um, I guess to close out, I don't know to close out the uh, earthquake country stuff. Um, Post production thoughts. Working through that because, like you mentioned, you took the year the year off uh, in Pittsburgh, but also still dabbling in and sneaking time in in the edit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, getting that all done, where it is now. You've mentioned film festival submissions, mm-hmm. um, and then like I guess like lessons learned from the post production process <laughs> that help with even like the writing from here on out and thoughts about the next directing gig and stuff
1: yeah um, I mean I think we every every stage of this film we learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. both things that we want to cultivate and things we want to never do again mm-hmm. um, with post we have a really really wonderful editor Jake Moore who was uh, fairly indulgent with what we were doing um, we did uh, we put together a rough cut and then we did a I think pretty classic first time director thing which is we panicked. Um, because oh my god I the, forgot about this yeah. the, and this was a small detour it only took three days or whatever but it, like sort of a monumental detour in, in work and how we were working in thinking. our psyche in our yeah definitely in our psyche classically
0: a first a first cut is is uh, very not good oh no but we did something crazier okay. than that go, go uh,
2: we tried to um, re we were worried we panicked we were worried that uh, the straightforward timeline was not uh, the way that we should be telling the story. Because the thing about Earthquake Country too is that it's, it's uh, there's um, there is a plot, but we were worried that the action wasn't enough, and a lot of the story is told in flashbacks and memories. Mm-hmm. Um, And we were worried that it wouldn't be dynamic enough unless we started mixing around the timeline. Mm -hmm. And so we made a totally different structure in three days. Mm -hmm. We tried to Frankenstein the movie into a different structure where actually it was um, told through the point of view of each character. So it Mm -hmm. would like there was a Mm -hmm. Rhyme storyline, and then a Larry storyline, and then a Ruth storyline. And you learned something a little bit more. Uh, from the point of view of of each character as the movie
3: progressed.
1: and the idea being that um, in earthquake country it's a it's a family where reality uh, isn't objective it's very subjective each mm-hmm. character has their own reality they live in their own world under one roof and so uh, in sort of trying to make trying to make the content match the the ideas the structure uh we, we tried to reverse engineer it uh, out of just sheer panic that like mm-hmm. it didn't I don't know if the first cut or this might have mm-hmm. been the second cut uh, like you said the first
2: cut is always sure, yeah right. sure. that
1: it didn't live up to our expectations mm-hmm. and maybe there's a way to make the footage bend it to our will to make mm-hmm. it do what we want which was and it almost works it actually yeah it, 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 it almost actually works. works it was an interesting endeavor um, and our editor was. Incredibly uh, yeah. kind to oh or understanding to let us try that because especially he's yeah. he's a he's been working he went to NYU mm-hmm. and has been working in this industry for ten years and I'm sure he knew better. Well, yeah, you yeah. know I
0: mean, you, you never know. Like experimenting, experimenting mm-hmm. is is a nice process to just yeah. even yeah. Just see what happens.
1: Definitely taught us a lot, but it was yeah. uh, it was in the end sort of a fool's errand. And I think yeah. I think what we learned in the end is that like the most important thing going into a project, and I, I think maybe some directors don't think this, but we're writer-directors, is, like, the script has to be completely solid. It needs like, to be airtight. Com- airtight. Airtight. And we will... Earthquake Country was our first collaboration together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're proud of what we made. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think it is sweet and funny and quirky. Uh, but It's script, a weird movie. <laughs> but the script wasn't airtight. Mm-mm. And we can do better, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And the next thing we direct we will not be able to find a single problem with our own script before we direct it. Um, Maybe other people will, but we won't. Um, And so that was just like a total learning experience, I think. Um, Yeah. I was
2: just going to say, it's like building a... You don't build a house on a swamp,
1: or no? You don't you know? build a you don't build a house from plans that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that the architect's looking at, being like, "This might work." Like,
0: yeah.
1: You want that shit locked down. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because I know I don't know if I mentioned this with with YouTube, but like when I directed my first feature, mm-hmm. I know there were specific moments in my script where I'm like, "Well, I'm the writer director." I can, I can come to set and like smooth that out, smooth <laughs> yep. it over, and I'm probably going to edit this anyway, so I know I have another pass after that. Yeah. So I, I know like I'm at each phase of it, so I'm yeah. like, well, I'll figure it out along the way, but then the problem never went away through the whole thing. That's
1: exactly it.
0: You're, so that's like, it. You're so speaking like, our language. And I'm like, I knew I knew this was a problem. Mm-hmm. So next time, you let's need just to, address it right away. That's why
2: pre-production and everything is so freaking important because it, it, once you're on set and shooting, if you think that you're going to have time to nudge or fix or judge or whatever, you're not. You're just not. It's a, it is a steamroller that is just on a...
1: And then there's the classic fix it and post thing, which is just... We've done a just lot. Is not not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. Don't try to do it. Just write the script better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, Which was, is that was super big, easy to do. <laughs> that was the big thing. And I mean,
2: like, it's at, at that point, too. Audrey and I were just starting to collaborate. We just didn't know what we didn't know, we didn't know the extent of what we didn't know. And now we do because yeah. we've done it. We have two more years of writing other stuff that's tighter yeah. under, under our belt.
1: Yeah. And so I think that's the goal, too. It's interesting in a partnership. Uh, moving forward i i anticipate that our work is just going to keep getting better and that's exciting i, l- I look forward to when uh, i look back at what we're writing now and i'm like that's total shit
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I'm, I'm trying to figure out on whether or not to continue with um film topic or mixing it up with a different let's mix, topic. It up. mix it up i want to mix it up all right um this is... All right. I have this in my, like, random topics. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, these billionaires going to space? Oh, my
1: God. Oh, no. Well, I like that uh, Jeff Bezos thanked me <laughs> and the other Amazon customers for sending him yes. to space because... Uh, he did that? He Oh, you didn't see the speech <sighs> when he was in his cowboy hat? He's in a cowboy hat. What and a penis! <laughs> what a penis of a man! And he went to space in a penis-like shit. Yeah. So that was really on brand. It's,
2: yeah. So no, there was a whole interview, like a couple, um, really quickly after he launched. He and his team were being interviewed, and he said, "I want to thank every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because it's because you guys paid for this.
1: You guys paid for my trip to space, which he was didn't, I didn't.
0: He didn't literally. It's not like." The actual quote what he said. Yeah, right? no, uh, the clove. I mean we can look it up. It's that was pretty yeah. close to what it yeah, is. No, yeah, no, that that
2: that was it.
0: Thank <laughs> yeah, you. You, he, paid, you, you. paid. You paid for my trip
1: into space yeah um
2: which made me feel less like oh you're welcome and more personally indicted oh of (laughs) course yeah because
1: we're i mean at least i always yeah we we use amazon and i always feel this little thing in the back of my head whenever i you know do two-day shipping or whatever which is like what are you supporting
2: you just put that penis into space you put the penis and the penis into space and the
1: other thing too is like jeff bezos i don't know it was that npr uh It was a what was it we were looking at? It was Terry Gross, Um, but like he has this whole this whole philosophy Mm -hmm. about uh, what we need to do as human beings to preserve uh, humanity, which is turning the Earth into a big park. We all get off of it. We all live in space stations. Like this this is yeah, this is what his um, I think his college professor. This was his philosophy that Jeff Bezos adopted. Um, and that, you know, we're going to all live in space in these artificial situations. And the only way to preserve the Earth is not by working to like live in harmony with it, but by getting us the fuck off the planet so that we don't destroy it. Which is just horribly, first of all, uh, like very sci-fi and a little like woo-woo, but also horribly depressing if you really think about it, which is, you know, we're creatures of the planet, and mm-hmm. that we have to leave our home in order to not yeah, destroy it. Of course. As opposed to, I don't know. Work
2: in symbiosis?
1: Yeah, as, a, yeah, as opposed to not, I don't know, fuck it up.
2: <laughs> like, We're not huge Jeff Bezos. Yeah,
1: yeah, not, not big fans. Uh-huh. But if he uh, wants to finance a film. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: <But it's, laughs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Mr. Bezos is yeah. listening. <laughs> no, but, but it's interesting because actually, weirdly, Audrey and I are very interested in. Sci fi concepts. Like, it wasn't something that it came sort of out of left field. And we, um.
1: I knew I was always into the sci fi concepts. I was surprised you wanted to do it.
2: (laughs) When I was in grad school, I started writing a lot of sci fi. Uh, but, uh, we've written a couple scripts now that are very kind of dystopian or alien oriented. (laughs) (laughs) And we have so much fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah.
0: I've never written sci fi. So how does, how does. Where did, how, does, how do you even get started with something like that? What okay, so the
2: first, the, the project that we're very proud of, and this is one that we're like trying to shop around a little bit, it's a, it's a um, pilot called Dead Planet. And it's right, about yeah. a disgraced astrophysicist, um, a woman named Teddy, whose mother dies, uh, and um, she loses her job teaching at Caltech, uh, cause she kind of loses her mind and she thinks that, uh, aliens exist, but she cannot get the funding to do her research. And so she gets offered a job as a science supervisor on a hit sci-fi TV show. So it's one of those kind of like okay. meta show within a shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that aliens do exist and guess where they're living. Hollywood.
1: <laughs> and guess what they're doing? Right, right. Making movies. <laughs> so, so it's, it's just a, it's just a total fun romp that like yeah. plays on a bunch of It's a
2: workplace comedy. Yeah. Um um that has this was our Sloan. This is the thing that uh, placed in the Sloan mm-hmm. Albert P. Sloan competition. And um so it's very much rooted in hard science. We've got we've got like some pretty uh, talky scenes about black
1: holes um but it's that's what co- everyone wants every viewer wants yeah. to watch some talky scenes about black holes <laughs> but
2: Jesus. uh but um it is definitely a very lighthearted and goofy mm-hmm. and kind of bojacky depression filled nightmare <laughs> that we're about,
1: that we have a lot of fun writing yeah, yeah exactly yeah and then the next thing we're working on which uh, we Submitted to the Sundance Lab, which we're waiting to hear back from, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, is a
2: dystopian feature,
1: yeah. That's uh, way not quite as funny. It still has comedic elements, but it's definitely a drama, mm-hmm. um, and uh, about a post apocalyptic world where you know humans have sort of gutted the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the premise
2: is that um, we have uh, Uh, Polluted the planet so much that now people who are born on Earth cannot live past 35. Oh, no, past 30, excuse me. Um, And so everyone dies in between their 29th and 30th birthday.
1: And so, exploring both like what is it like children raising children, but also uh, what's it like when everyone over 30 dies, but also culture has died because you know, all uh, mm the stories set the clock so fast. And so, we're talking about um,
2: how stories are passed down. Yeah,
1: which which is fun. Or yeah. interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. That's, interesting. that's what we're working on later Ooh. today. Yeah. That's on the agenda today.
0: Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask. Uh, I think it kind of came up. I don't know if you mentioned a talk. Okay. Uh, Bo Burnham. Did you see we haven't his, seen it yet. his latest special by chance? I have not no, seen it.
1: But I love I have him. heard the songs. So.
0: <laughs> You've watched the clips?
1: Yeah.
2: I was working at the... Best Buy Theater in um, Times Square when he was just sort of, like, coming on the map. And mm-hmm. he, like, he was very young. He was, like, this, like, a beanpole 14-year-old or something. but I, Not possible. He's a little older than we yeah, are. Yeah, I know. So, I know. I know. <laughs> unless I, you were 13 I was serving like drinks. So, he was, he was 24. He was, he was probably the same age or a little bit older. But um, I uh, was cocktailing. Uh, at this big theater that was totally sold out and he was so funny and so charming and I had such a crush on him. And uh, I wasn't supposed to work the next night, but I loved his show so much that Mm. I covered somebody else's shift so that I could see him again. And I remember the thing that like really won my heart over is because, I mean, he was very cute in an emo sort of way, I guess, Adam. (laughs) And there were all of these fangirls like at the near the stage and one of them goes Bo Burnham, I love you. And he goes, you don't love me. You just love the idea of me. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, but I really do love
1: you. No, but it's
0: real. Yeah. So so you're a Bo Burnham fan. Oh, yeah. And
2: I loved him in um, Promising Young Woman.
0: I think he's a very. Talented I haven't seen fan. that one. Yet. <gasps> it's amazing. I mean, I've heard mixed things about it. Oh, I love
1: it.
2: It's a lot of movies in one.
1: Yeah, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. Um, she's so a super he acts, super.
0: He acts in that movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, he plays the uh, love interest.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I oh you haven't seen the special, so I can't no, really, I haven't. I can't Sorry. Really talk, oh, we keep meeting trouble. Blah, 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 blah.
1: No spoilers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> Can you say that about something that's been out for, like, months and months <laughs> yeah, and months? I guess Like, not. I feel like there's a cutoff point. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he has, I don't know, I've been, because he, of course, took his five-year hiatus from acting on stage because mm-hmm. of his, like, mental health and mm-hmm. panic attacks and stuff, and so this is, his return with this special kind of sent me back down the old rabbit hole of mm-hmm. all his topics and talking about social media and how you interact with audiences and and all that kind of stuff. So I always wonder, like, what's... I, I know you two have uh, a different view or a different approach to social media than, like, <laughs> than like I. How do you... How do, how do,
1: I mean, our just, approach uh, to social media is sort of no approach, no approach. Yeah. to social media. Um,
2: let's see. We have... We are reluctant social mediators. meteors. <laughs> me. We are meteorically <laughs> opposed. <laughs> okay, no. Um, golly, yeah, no, it really is a no approach. And I don't know if it's... Because
0: it's the tricky thing with, with being, in the indus- being in this industry, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and, like, the challenge of, like, getting oneself out there, getting who I'm, like, mm-hmm. just putting yourself in front of people, like, normally... Like, the way I look at it is, like, it's a tool to... And you're
2: really fluent in it, though.
0: To put thyself out and connect Mm -hmm. and do that stuff. But, like, it is a tricky thing and it is weird and... and
2: It makes me, um, really kind of nervous. Um, not in a, like, I'm revealing too much. It just, um... My relationship to it, it, when Facebook first came out, when Instagram first came out, when MySpace, I did all of that. I'm a millennial, and it was fun, and I got the endorphin rush. And, and I still post on Instagram, but personal stuff, um, I don't know how to integrate social media into my life in general, but work life especially, that doesn't, that feels right.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know how to do it. And um Eventually, if we ever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll have to hire someone. I will have to hire I someone if we
1: ever. I think we need to do that, though. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, my kind of idea about it is I don't think either one of us like doing it. No, we and don't. And if we don't like doing it, then fuck it. We are, like, honestly, because, like, we, we work every day, we do our writing, mm-hmm. um, we have we a work, website. We, we have a website so we people got can find headshots. us. But, you know, we are trying to cultivate, you know, real-world friendships, and we have Mm -hmm. friendships with people who make films. We have people we collaborate with. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, But beyond that, you know, we're hoping that our work speaks for itself, and, I mean, no one on Instagram is going to read our script because of whatever fucking post we make. Um, That's not going to entice someone to read a script, and even if they did want to read a script, like... Unless they're uh, an agent, a filmmaker, like yeah. what what use is it? I know people do have success with the blacklist, with things like that sometimes, but I think those are also a sort of treacherous way for most people to go. I think they're money pits. Um, yeah, we're wi- the thing we the thing we need is is an agent and manager, know, or a manager or a manager and. Um, Until we have someone who's, you know, willing to read our work, who's in a Mm -hmm. position to make something happen, I don't think social media is really going to behoove us. I think there is some element of if you're looking for people to connect to make smaller projects, um, independent films, that definitely could be useful, Mm -hmm. especially if they're looking at short films you made or something and being like, whoa, that woman, that guy has an eye. I'd love to collaborate with them. Great. I don't know if that's really what Hallie and I are totally looking for right now.
3: I
2: think the thing that resonates with me most about what you just said, Odds, Mm -hmm. is um, we don't like doing it. It's not fun for us. And so it's this is already an industry so fraught with um, um, uh, putting your best foot forward socially Mm -hmm. um, that the social media aspect, to me... If you can do it like you do it or like Alex does it, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. just...
1: We have friends who are very well, competent at it. Yeah? Well, then,
3: like,
2: of course do it. Mm-hmm. It feels insincere to me. It feels schlogs, like a slog and it feels... And you um, mean
1: insincere for you.
2: That's yeah. what I mean. It feels yeah. insincere for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and it's more of that... Um, I feel kind of the same way that I do about being filmed, actually
1: like exposed
2: yeah exposed i don't i want to be behind the camera so to speak Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah because i know i have i've heard the opinion of like i know i'm i had coffee with this uh younger director that was new to la Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she does she she kind of doesn't like pushing herself on social media because all the people she looks up to like Mm -hmm. they don't like they're they're non-existent mm. on social media. Like mm-hmm. all the all the successful directors and mm-hmm. producers that
1: Cause it's not that, a useful tool once you're at that yeah, level. Cause, yeah,
0: because you don't literally need it, and you're too yeah. busy to yeah. do it anyway. So, yeah, like yeah, I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: well, it's like I I don't want people to like. The Cohen brothers don't have a website because they don't need a website. But that's not why we wouldn't have a website. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not that. It's, um, uh, we, it just doesn't, uh, well, I don't want to, to ex- anyone to think that it's like we're too cool for no. social media presence. No. It's so not that, it's that we are incompetent. <laughs> at it and um it's really intimidating and so there are already so many things that we're doing that to promote ourselves that are outside of our comfort level um as a selling yourself is hard oh yeah like
0: the indiegogo thing yeah
2: exactly
0: yeah yeah Yeah. I, i think about it almost like a part of my my like daily gym routine or whatever mm-hmm. it's like alright I gotta get my run in today
2: brush your teeth yeah your hygiene so like, I don't yeah. really want
0: to do it but it's good for yeah. me so mm-hmm. I just get on Instagram let's do yeah. a little bit of this social media grind and <laughs> like you're very
2: it. like fluent in the language and everything I remember on set you taught me how to make a oh, a what? a story, a story. A story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no a story That's I couldn't even think of the word yeah um, I've never done that before Audrey asked me if I was on Twitter the other day I'm like excuse me <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not on Twitter either, so how would I know?
2: I don't uh, even get. Uh, oh.
1: But it is interesting. Like there are pe- like different roles in this industry where have obviously having social media is critical now. Like actors, mm-hmm. I mean, casting agents check your so- your social media follower yeah, accounts before you go in. And so, like, I understand it maybe being a necessary evil if you don't like it. If you're in that, if you're in that capacity, mm-hmm. um, or if you like it, great. Um but I don't feel like it's necessary for us and since we don't like it, why do it?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So all right. This is I don't have a segue for this. But Put it in, fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> but um all right, so back to Los Angeles. Doing the creative hustle, the grind, the daily writing, and all that kind of stuff. I know it was mentioned, and I guess maybe I'm asking a little bit for myself, too. But, like, I forget. So, entering the the LA dating scene.
2: Oh, we're not.
0: You're not. (laughs) I thought you were trying. I, yeah,
1: I went on Tinder. I went on one date, and...
0: I like, immediately like, recoiled,
1: know. like, and it was fine. It was totally fine. He was super nice. Uh, we like went and saw a movie and had coffee, and it was totally fine. And he
2: was an industry guy too. Right? Yeah, and he's, like, a, he's a he's a writer
1: and, and very smart. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that I'm like. I thought maybe it would be something that would ground me more in LA, and that I would be. And this was one date, but you know for that sure. I would be. You know, because I've had boyfriends for most of my adult life. And I'm just not interested in it right now, I guess. I've, I've just focused on what so I'm So, like, writing.
0: you had, like, a moment of maybe, like, this could be nice. And, yeah. then, and then you got that out of your system. You're like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> and so
1: maybe on, like, another year I'll go on another date. <laughs> uh, but no, like, really um, – like I we've been sequestered because of COVID and I thought maybe I wasn't dating because of that, which is reasonable. <laughs> sure. Uh or, you know, what the C D C recommends, and then I got here and <laughs> you know CDC. the C D C is like really regulating my dating life. Um and then I got here and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking go out and do stuff. And I was like I was like happy to get home even though I had a lovely time. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then just texting is just so You're not not a good texter. I'm
1: so bad. I don't have my neither of us are good. I never (laughs) have my phone on me, so I don't like. I'm good at responding to emails. (laughs) Okay, noted. No, neither Uh. of
2: us are good texters. Um... (sighs) Oh well.
0: Oh well. well, Yeah. Full stop. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, because I've thought about. What about you? Yeah. I've thought about jumping. um,
2: Back on the Tinder wagon. when,
0: When I moved to LA. I was. I moved with my girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And then we broke up. Not mm-hmm. you know within the within that first year. And then since then I haven't tried whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, well.
2: But, it, but is it? They're like, are you? Eddie, plan- you mean like, double date. <laughs> do, do you feel like? Is it, it? Do you want to? Do you, Do you yeah. want to be in a relationship or, or or like some people like dating can be fun if you're like mm. into the. I've,
1: I don't think I've ever really dated because I've I've just had boyfriends. So and was like Cinderella. So New yeah, York. I've never really used Tinder.
2: It's... Oh, I had so much fun, but I, all of that, like all the whole, um, it, what used to be like an exciting, dynamic, mm-hmm. like meeting people, and it used to be kind of energizing to me, does not feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. It feels not. Yeah, it feels, not, <laughs> it feels not. So it much, feels yeah. not exciting.
0: I mean, like for me, I what, like, I, yeah, I had kind of similar about like to what you're saying is, mm-hmm. the 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 break the breakup was like, all right, you know, spin positively, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, this is perfect because I'm new to LA, mm-hmm. and I'm hustling for this, mm-hmm. and I want to focus on this anyway, and mm-hmm. whatever. So it's more of like, yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know what it was. I went through a really bad breakup a couple years ago, mm-hmm. right before COVID, um, and it was a serious boyfriend. And we were very—we had a tumultuous. We were just not right for each other. Um, we had a very bad breakup. Well,
0: Audrey nods over here. <laughs> I confirm. Yeah. Allie is right. They were not right for each other. So that's putting it mildly.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Halle is showing her her typical restraint. <laughs> um, and yeah, since you then, <laughs> it feels like something... Uh, I don't want to say it feels like something has broken, because I don't think that, but something has changed in my spiritual makeup. And for the last few mm. years, I have just not... Dating has not been a priority. And, and thank God, because I... The, because I always had a boyfriend or I was always dating or I always wanted to be desirable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot more shit done now that yeah. I'm not, like, boy crazy. But
1: you didn't, like, shut yourself off. You were dating in New York and, like, yeah, casually, yeah, yeah. not, like... Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm actually, like, seeing someone now who, but he's in New York. and But we've got, like, a casual thing and he's fucking wonderful. But I'm not looking to fucking get hitched anytime soon and I'm not looking to date around...
1: Yeah, we just realized that uh, Hallie's thirty-one, and our oh mom God. had Hallie at uh, thirty-two. Mm. Um, While well, she had like a full career, and so,
2: yeah, so she was mom had a full career in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. and a baby by the
1: time. So uh, we really six got it. We, we really got to catch so, um... but Hallie's got a dog and a thriving
0: creative sure. partnership I mean, with her sister. I I, I passed that along. Well, my parents had me when they were 18, yes. holy so holy. I was like, they were high school sweethearts and, you know, followed, they're still married and all that great stuff, wow. so, so like, yeah, no, they were just like, please don't do the same thing as us, Yeah, like,
3: yeah.
0: and I didn't have to, yeah, I not have to, I didn't, I don't, yeah, I had the 18 barrier, and then, <laughs> it's like, alright, great not the same as my parents. So
1: Something I saw yesterday, we went to uh, have a picnic in Silver Lake yesterday with some friends, and I saw like six or seven babies, like little babies, mm-hmm. like those two newborns, yeah. like some toddlers. They were, like, like fresh. Just like, and I realized like during the fresh. pandemic, I've, I hadn't seen any babies for like a really long time. And also, what like the, I- <laughs> <laughs> Also, the idea that like people our age are procreating, that they're having kids, they are. Is just uh, surprising to me.
3: <laughs>
1: Why? I- people like babies. Babies are fine. I just <laughs> the. I don't. I don't. What are I, you trying to say, Audrey? I'm. I'm just. I'm not saying people shouldn't reproduce. <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't know. There's something strange about when your class, your generation yeah, of human generation beings start, starts
2: having other little human beings.
1: Yeah, totally. and and you're not doing that. And maybe it's something that you can't really understand until you wrap your head of mind, especially because the zeitgeist, the culture, it's not. I don't think it's, there's not one avenue anymore to take, which is, you know, you're 25, you get married and you have kids. It's not the norm anymore. I remember being little and we had a wonderful cousin who was, you know, my mom's age. um, And she didn't have children. She wasn't married. And I remember thinking that was so weird. yeah, Just weird. And now as, you know, a 30-year-old adult woman... I don't know if I'll get married. I don't know if I'll have kids and I don't think it would be strange. You know, I don't think, it, and that's a pretty radical shift from you how know, I like, even felt in college. Yeah, you know? totally. I um, think both
2: of us wanted, expected to eventually like get married, and have a family. Oh, I
1: expected to have a family by now for sure. Yeah. Oh, by now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought oh. I would get married out of college, you know?
0: Oh. Um,
1: yeah. And I, not only do I not expect that, I don't want that now. Um, there are other things I'm focused on, so. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <weird. laughs> I will say oh, no.
2: that Audrey is probably the closest thing I'll ever have to a wife. <laughs> 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 People this- comment on it all the time. <laughs> really i like like, I'm like roommates <laughs> and business partners and, and
1: it's, it's just like it's just practical for now yeah, I mean is. we have to meet every day at 8 eventually we can afford it we'll have separate houses nearby
2: our our dream is mm-hmm. to have two houses that are right next to each other so that we can just knock on each other's it's doors it's kind of like
1: uh, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera had yeah. like two houses that was connected mm-hmm. by a bridge because they didn't want to fucking be in each other's space but they mm-hmm. also they, well they were married but like they, they wanted to be close enough to each other. I'd like I'd like two houses down.
2: <laughs> maybe that's a political maybe the, that's a political uh thing, mantle we can take up is sister marriage. Okay, let's, uh, let's do that's, it. Let's cut make that. it legal, it's not weird. Okay, let's <laughs> cut that from
1: this fucking podcast. You can see how it posts. That is like a <laughs> social media presence, just whatever's on this podcast is just our entire <laughs> yeah so uh wow sister
2: marriage 2024 (laughs) i'm campaigning on it
0: all right (laughs) (laughs) next (laughs) next Next. how are you enjoying uh the new rick and morty season
1: oh i've only seen a couple of episodes because
0: i know there was that one I was almost going to watch an episode with, with you two right. that one time.
1: Oh, that train one. Yeah,
0: and it, and it, it didn't line up properly. Yeah. And I haven't seen, I've only seen the first episode because it was on YouTube.
1: I think
2: so too. Which one was that? What That was the
0: you... train one.
2: No, the Meta train, I thought that was last season.
1: That was last season. Uh, but that's the one that filled me with despair.
0: I forget what happened in it. but
2: um, I, Audrey, I think, has seen them. I have not because I'm not paying for them on YouTube. I'm... Waiting. YouTube uh, uh, on uh,
0: iTunes. You've seen them. mm mm-hmm. I've seen them, and I, I. But if you've seen them, why can't? Because I've watched them without. It. We don't spend every movie yeah, together. <laughs>
1: we, I have a rich well, interior life I, that's I, by
0: myself. I just mean you wouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, because... she could watch them.
2: Right. I just
0: haven't. She just hasn't. <laughs> I just yeah. do another
1: yeah. stuff. All right. Just. I think we we both used to really really like Rick and Morty, and you know watch oh, them yeah. when they came out, and. I've just been what, sort of disenchanted what, with them, despite still watching them. I
2: think that why we have become a little disenchanted because it's such a wonderful world, and it's such a wonderful premise, and the characters are so rich and so uh, watchable and engaging.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What has become disenchanting for us is sort of the meta commentary that is now baked into every single episode.
1: It's not even just baked in; it's like just put in your face. Yeah, all the
2: it's time. Um, it's a bunch. It what what it seems to us is that the it's a bunch of writers saying, like, oh, look it, we're writing. Yeah. And and here are all of these tools that writers use.
1: Which was that episode about the fucking train. Yeah. Uh, where they're on a train that's supposed to be a metaphor for, and I haven't watched this in, what, a, a year, eight months, I whenever don't. it came out. A um, bunch of writers on a train. The train's supposed to be a metaphor for, like, the writing experience, and they're doing all these, like, wink-nod jokes. Because well, yeah.
0: Dan, Dan, Dan Harmon yeah, has Dan. his... his... Uh, what's it called? The Story Circle. Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. His the 70. train thing was more like Story Circle jerk.
1: <laughs> but, um, <laughs>
2: yeah, and I mean, like the thing is, is that um, it
1: it feels
0: so it's just lost. You, you're kind of just not excited about it anymore. Well,
1: the other thing is too. Like, <laughs> I understand how much pressure there must be from like writing a oh show like God. Rick and Morty that is so funny and so smart, and keep then people, that? yeah, and then people want. You to top yourself every time, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine how much pressure that must be. It must be uh, equal parts maybe wonderful and awful. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the pressure got to them, and they tried to do something smarter by, you know, illuminating the smartest parts of themselves, which is, you know, their ability and capacity for writing. And that's just not fun to watch for, yeah. for me as an mm-hmm. audience and a writer. I'm watching Rick and Morty because I want to not think about writing, and it's yeah. just being oh, okay. just God. a yeah. lot of that. And so yeah. maybe it's a maybe it's just a bad meetup of Audrey meet and I, Audrey <laughs> and I
2: um, uh, are in the phase of our um, kind of our our development as writers, where we're doing the thing where we're trying to mask all the structure we're trying to make structure not look like structure we're yeah, trying to sure. make it look seamless. disappear and instead they're doing all of these wink wink nod nods um, about like look at look at us writing this thing and we're making jokes about that and audrey and i are just like oh it's it's really unappealing to us at to this us. point yeah. in in their thing and the thing that audrey said about dan Harmon too about like the pressure and the having to top yourself oh my god Th- that must just be excruciating, and they're all so talented and over also, there.
1: What do you do when you're writing a character who is an incredibly intelligent, like scientist, astrophysicist, astronaut, mad genius? What What do you do with that? Not only if you're not a you know scientific genius, even if you are, to make that relatable to an audience where they can tell. It's just it it's it's a hard. I was watching *Succession*, uh, *Succession*, and uh, the character of Logan Roy. I was talking to Hallie about this. Would be it would be intimidating to write a character yeah. like that, <laughs> yeah. who uh, a character who is supposed to come off as uh, this you know supreme alpha whose family sees as infallible, and then I realize *Succession* is dealing with when they figure out he is fallible, but. Um, when you set the stakes so hard, high for the audience where they're supposed to see this character as sort of supreme, whatever, mm-hmm. it's a lot It's to hard to write. back that oh, up with Yeah, muscle. it's hard to fucking write that and make it legit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is uh, why all our characters are deeply flawed. <laughs> mm-hmm. and Deeply flawed, uh, deeply flawed and failing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we. <laughs> we the queens of low-stakes comedy. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lost my question. I had a thought. I'm oh, really sorry. no. We no. talked you out of it.
2: Wait, I had, I had a thing, too, that I wanted to say about... Um, oh, God. What was... Oh, what I wanted to say is Audrey and I are very interested and fully supported of limited seasons. We think that Unlimited the way series. that... series? Uh, series, excuse me, yes. Uh, the way that television um, sometimes should go... Is the make your nine hour uh, eleven episode whatever? Yeah, make Chernobyl season. And yeah, then
0: stop and then stop. Yeah, Chernobyl was six or seven. I can't remember. Either way, either way. Yeah, or or Queen's Gambit or. Have, <laughs> the point is, it's, yeah. it's, it's a concise story yeah. stretched out mm-hmm. over an eight hour period versus your yeah. hour and a half to two exactly. hour feature. Which and, is so
1: nice that film,
0: like television, is allowed it, to and, do, and it do it that. Just ends yeah. versus. Uh, yeah,
1: Where you're well, just trying to make good art as opposed to well, just trying to fill hours on a television Or make set. money, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which, one of our very favorite limited series, um, which Audrey introduced me to, is Sharp Objects. Hmm. Um
1: uh who who do, um... uh i think there's several seasons of that no there's really? only one there's only one yeah
2: there's oh. only one with amy adams and
1: um... oh i'm thinking of big little Lies. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah well that's a that's a version actually that um probably could have done without the second season you know uh sharp Rod- who's the who's the director audrey the one that you love so much
1: uh oh my god uh I'm completely blanking on I'll look end. it up.
2: Hold on. Yeah. But anyway, it's a beautiful series, and it's a, a complete story, um, and they just didn't try to do anything with it afterwards, and it's perfect. And that is all I have to say. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking up. Um...
0: Yeah, I guess the only thing... Thought I was, I don't know. I remembered my Rick and Morty thought. Oh, right. what like, like, back to Rick and no, Morty? No, all, all I was gonna say was that I, I got into the show late. Mm-hmm. Like real, I just started watching it last year, yeah. so I started from the get go, and I was able to. Yeah, I, I haven't had the years of Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. I kind of avoided it because everybody was doing the annoying, the annoying voices and stuff. Pickle, I'm pickle Rick. Yeah, <laughs> 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 like right now, yeah, yeah like that. it's happening. Um, but I know when uh, my write, one of my writing partners, when I did the New Mexico feature, we he really wanted to experiment with the with the story circle, so we oh, cool. so we use that as our template to kind of outline our story. So, awesome. Yeah. Cool. So I was like, oh, it's a We haven't tried. We
1: haven't tried that as a as a mechanism. We have tried. We just have sort of chaotic sticky yeah.
0: notes. <laughs> That's
1: sort yeah. of our system. So then
0: I was going through the train episode around mm-hmm. the same time we're exploring the story circle. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a story so, circle.
1: And so like, <laughs> I I totally see that too, and I think it probably just is a imperfect meeting of that story and where i'm at where like i really saying, do watch cartoons just to be like i don't have to think about writing anymore and mm-hmm. yeah. it's uh, that did not meet that sure,
0: sure. <laughs> that criteria Wait, did you find the name
2: yeah jean-marc valet yeah he did big little lies okay, he did okay. did he do gone girl i know that he collaborated. he does gillian gillian flynn collaborate collabos anyway oh, john Vallet, he's he does this thing um it actually Sharp Objects and Big Little Lies inspired some of the directorial decisions in Earthquake Country um, because he does this thing really masterfully, what we call what? Thought cuts? Yeah. We've we <laughs> created a term. Yeah. Uh, thought. Tiny, thought cuts. Tiny yeah. little flashes of a memory that's just a microsecond um, that provide so much um, tone, or insight, tone and, and, and even exposition, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um... But it's just a, a second of an interior thought or a memory.
1: And oftentimes, what he does uh, so masterfully is um, the character. You know, it'll be a shot of the character f- uh, framed by shots of the character's face, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um, uh, just a you know a couple frames, even twelve mm-hmm. frames, yeah. maybe. Of Something. this, of this horrific event, or some sort of seminal so event in the character's little life, little just image. a little flash,
2: or or a or a dream, or a fantasy. You know, yeah. it can, you can it can be all kinds. And of And then things.
1: later he'll circle back to it, where we'll see the entire event play out, and it's almost like it's visual foreshadowing. Um, it, but it's it's also unsettling while it also sort of orients the audience and prepares the audience for what's to come. So it does both really masterfully.
2: And so if you're watching something like Big Little Lies or especially Sharp Objects, which I think I've seen Sharp Objects now three times,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, y- y- you, will, you get more every time. And I know it's such a cliche to say something, mm-hmm. but it really is fucking masterful because uh, all of a sudden these tiny little thought cuts as Mm -hmm. Audrey and I are calling them um you 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 start to place them in a puzzle Mm -hmm. piecey sort of way
1: Mm -hmm. uh which might have inspired our trip our ill-advised trip down the rearrangement lane yeah (laughs) um for sure
2: for sure but no he is a we love we love him
1: yeah
0: he's great thought cuts okay (laughs) feel free to use that (laughs) feel free to use that yeah no I I haven't where do you where does that where's that show
2: is, yeah, uh, HBO is. I think um, Sharp Objects huh. is so good. Yeah, Amy Patricia Adams, Clarkson. Yeah, and that cute guy from the Mindy Project.
1: Yeah, that cute guy from the Mindy Project. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. we know male actors' guy. names. <laughs> Audrey has a problem where
2: she can't tell white men apart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not a problem. it's really no evening problem. the playing field. I don't know. It's not. It's not great. I have trouble telling that apart. It's okay.
0: That's fine. Not it's you any. Who are you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't have to tell everyone that. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. Was there anything that you two that's popped up that you two want to talk about? That I haven't mentioned or?
1: I was going to plug ghost town and say, hey,
0: give us money. Oh God. Yeah. Sure. So what, all right. So you're going to, you're going to go, is there a full plan of attack on like you're aiming for yeah. this deadline? Yeah. To shoot?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got our tickets. We've got, um, got
1: we've, tic- we've oh, you're, got you're shoot days. We're shooting in Brooklyn and, and Manhattan. So we're shooting September.
0: Cause I was looking to go to New York for the Ooh. first time.
1: Are at you? The front door. Uh, well, if you want to work on Ghost Down, I'm like yeah. I'm like we'll be very busy unless you want to work on our project. Yeah, uh, we're
2: going to be in New York from the 15th of September to the 21st. Yeah, 15th to the 21st. Yeah, so we're doing a 4-day shoot of that and it's a web series, so the each episode is 5 to 10 minutes and we're They're shooting little. the first three episodes. Um uh we've got a few locations
1: booked. Got a really like a really strong team of actors, so oh my god, such good actors,
2: such actors are so amazing. I love actors so much. Um, Yeah, and it's a story about a dead, (laughs) a dead wannabe starlet who uses um, kind of the opportunity. uh, Trump called. Uh, Yeah, Uh,
1: the story follows uh, the deceased actress, Jane Clay, who lives in Duluth, Minnesota. And uh, she's in this farmhouse haunting it during COVID. She's been there since the 1920s. And uh, she sees on Fox News uh, when Trump <laughs> did that wonderful speech about New York being dead. <laughs> it's a ghost town. And so she hops on a bus and she thinks this is the time that she's going to revitalize her career because, you know, everything's coming up ghosties in New York.
2: Yeah. So um, it's, the t- it's, the, it's the opportunity for um, ghosts to take back the city. Yeah. And as people who are in New York during quarantining in New York, I mean, I've never seen the city like that. It was empty. It yeah. really was empty,
1: and so uh, this was sort of well, almost like a little bit of a meta project because um, we were in New York trying to make art about New York when uh, New York wasn't uh, up and running totally. Yeah, and so uh, the story is, is sort of a, it's sort of a love letter to New York in that uh, this this young ghost woman comes to New York hoping to mount mm. a production of Our Town. And she sort of gets a ragtag team of ghosts together uh, with the idea of mounting this production. But before they'll agree to mount her production, uh, hijinks ensues when they all insist on solving their unfinished business first. Jane Clay's going to help them. And so it's the story that takes place all around New York of these ghosts trying to... Mm-hmm. Uh, fix their sit, shit. Fix their shit, yeah. Um,
2: and so it's a story about uh, community in in a time of crisis and isolation and uh about the triumph of art in a time where people just felt creatively sapped
1: yeah and 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 the sort of ironic element of uh you know we're calling we're we're saying new york's a ghost town but we're saying you know it's still vibrant and alive so that was Mm -hmm. that was fun it was
2: yeah we we met on zoom every week with um our two uh co-writer producer directors Uh, and in the span of about six months, we, uh, wrote seven episodes, um, and Mm. we've been in pre-production ever since. We've got a meeting on Tuesday,
3: actually, to,
0: yeah. To make some decisions. Get all
2: our nets in in a row. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: uh, So is the, I had two visual, visuals as you were speaking of these ghosts, Mm um, I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of like a Sixth Sense humanistic ghost yeah. look versus yeah. like the Casper glowy figure. Right. We don't have a right. budget for that, yeah. first of all. <laughs> uh,
1: although we do have one character who's called Cheat Ghost who just wears a sheet. So yeah. I'll be playing Cheat Ghost. Pretty so. <laughs> cat. Well, I can act in front of a camera if I'm wearing a full sheet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Anyway we're really excited about no it series. one of the things coming out of Pittsburgh and going into New York mm-hmm. and um, is we're, we're just like the good thing about our career is that we can definitely make work for ourselves yeah. <laughs> if no one, you know if no one's hiring so we did that
1: it was definitely um, we, we wanted to be busy. Yeah, and also, like, during COVID, just desperately wanted to be back on set. And so yeah. we made our own set. I feel that. Like, I feel so. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, you definitely do. You did I that for sure. I feel that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 um, I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit, I guess, about. Um, I, I feel like I don't know too much about the pre Earthquake Country versions of you two. Like I know a lot about the uh, the creatives and the the sister bond and mm-hmm, the uh-huh. and that, but prior to the joining up of you two, like, can we speak to any of of? Oh it, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, like Audrey had a way more interesting. Uh, Audrey like did cool stuff. I was just in New York, like writing stuff that wasn't getting produced and uh waitressing.
0: You're talking about um the theater. Yeah. 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 pursuing that. Yeah.
2: And- so cuz I went to um college in New York and I'd always wanted to live in New York. Um uh and um after I graduated, I, you know, had a series of cocktailing and bartending and mm-hmm. waitressing jobs. Um, I was very much a night person, uh, I dated a lot, I, um, and I wrote and saw theater a whole bunch, and I just, um, never really, and and I went to grad school, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just never really, I had a bunch of jobs that were sort of, like, theater adjacent. I was a script reader for a while, I worked at a production company that, um, uh, uh, that's actually where I first cut my teeth producing is uh, I started producing web series um, at this startup that was mm-hmm. very much interested in um, uh, utilizing Broadway actors to uh, make web series. But that I, I wasn't very happy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a whole bunch of sort of like retreats and residencies. Um, that actually took me to Virginia for a while. So mm. it was, uh, I I I very much loved New York, and it was my home. And um, I miss. I I I love the theater. I love plays. I do, and I and I like writing plays. Um, one of the things that has been so interesting, uh, writing with Audrey is. I think why I do the the good first drafts is because all of my first drafts are very very talky because I come from a theater background mm-hmm. and then Audrey and I we call we call 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 Um oh excuse me um, but yeah I was immersed in in playwriting land in New York
0: yeah so when you say the ret- retreats and uh, mm-hmm. and what was it residency residency
2: I had a residency at a. Um, wonderful theater company in Lynchburg, Virginia, called N Station Theater,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for three years. And so for three summers in a row, I spent uh, time there. Yeah, writing, time. Uh, writing plays, yeah, so it was basically, yeah. It was, they, they basically, um, I actually uh, did a couple edits of Earthquake Country there, and I was writing another play uh, called uh, I Learned to Swim at Miller Park Pool, mm-hmm. um, which has had some readings. Uh, it was wonderful, and mm-hmm. I met a whole bunch of people who were like sort of in my playwriting orbit there, including an ex-boyfriend.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I. Because well, when I first think of residency, I think of the medical fields. And, yeah. And yeah. The uh, playwriting <laughs> oh, playwriting residency. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. a playwright in residency, which means that there were like a Stuck. couple of
2: playwrights, and you know, you're you're given room and board and basically free reign, unless you're doing writing groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changed, I, the administration has some turnover, so it kind of changed um, year to year, mm-hmm. but I got an incredible amount of work done there and people who I will know forever, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I sure. always,
2: yeah, I always really liked playwrights and actors and, and being in these kind of incubators mm-hmm. where you're, you you, you know, it, it's actually kind of, it reminded me of being on set and um, with Earthquake Country, where you're all living together and making right, something. Right. I think that that's... It feels like summer camp a little bit. And uh, I've always felt that it was a really good way to to be creative, like to have a little and community.
0: What, so what's your thought on um, theater in L.A.? Like,
2: I don't have any thoughts yet. Um, I don't know how open theater is. I've, I've, I mean, like, when we were... Um, Growing up, Audrey and I grew up in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and we'd, like, come da- um, down to the Amundsen and and, and smaller stuff. Um, one of my, two of my very best friends uh, are actors in L.A. You and am Kyle and Lydian. Yeah, and they were country. both in Earthquake Country. And um, they're fucking phenomenal. Uh, and I've seen, uh, Lydian was in New York with me for a long, long time, and so I'd always go and see her stuff. Um, but Kyle, uh, I've missed a bunch of stuff that he'd been doing in, um, LA and he and his husband, Eddie, are both actors, really, really talented and stuff is just starting to open back up a little bit, Yeah, but sort of.
0: Probably mm-hmm. closing and
2: back And so, down, <laughs> like, stay tuned, I guess, is yeah, what yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, cause you say, you say, yeah, cause I know, I can, I can, you have the love for the theater. Mm-hmm. The theater. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just... I'm sure there's, they're different towns and different feels and different vibes totally. and stuff. So I'm just like, you're probably not going to get the same vibe and, and stuff out here that you it's you, you can't replace mm-hmm. the the void of New York. Yeah, there's
1: always been overlap though between yeah, the theater totally. and screenwriters. Um, yeah. yeah, forever. I mean, there's still there still are a lot of the are a lot of our favorite screenwriters or favorite mm-hmm. filmmakers uh, are playwrights. I mean, just like. Mm-hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, we want to write Fleabag. (laughs) She already wrote it, and better than we could write it, (laughs) but damn. Um, So there definitely is, like, an avenue Mm -hmm. to do both. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh,
2: for sure. I mean, in grad school, uh, it was very much known that, like, yes, yes, definitely aspire to playwriting, but if you want to make money. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, that's
1: such a uh, I'm yeah. uh, writing wonderful yeah. screenplays.
3: So.
2: Of course. Oh, no, I, I didn't mean... I, no, I meant very practically. <laughs> I don't mean that uh, screenplays are a lesser... Um, art form. Art form. I just mean, like, no, you will not make money as a playwright. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Annie Baker or the, the freaking Willie, no. Yeah, like...
0: The, no, I mean, yeah, I that's a, yeah i've heard that you can actually times, yeah. be
2: a, you can actually make money writing
0: yeah no because i know on the on the production i'm on now our production designer primarily works in theater mm-hmm. and she's from new york and did it a lot a lot there she recently moved here because she's like to make money i have to work on mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. but the love of the of production design and theater yeah. is kind of
2: and a lot of playwright a lot of playwrights do that
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um yeah, so I I think Callie started this by saying that I did more interesting things. I don't think that's <laughs> quite true. It's more um or maybe it's by virtue of um, Hallie always knew what she wanted to do. Um, yeah. She knew she wanted to be a writer, and so she and she knew she wanted to be in New York. Um, she went away to college and she sort of stayed there doing her thing, whereas uh, I graduated from college and had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I tried like a whole bunch of different things. I went to culinary school. Um, so what did you
0: go to college for?
1: I studied philosophy, which might have been uh, part of the problem. Uh, I spent four years learning to ask, like, why and what and not, like, (laughs) answer that question. (laughs) Um, So uh, I went to culinary school. Uh, I worked as a ranger in the backcountry for a while. Like, I hiked the AT. I spent time, like, making money to travel. I traveled a lot. Um, The AT? Uh, the Appalachian Trail. So I, uh, through-hiked that, which is, uh, like, over 2,000 miles from, uh, Georgia to Maine, uh, with some good friends, and... She can, like, save you in the woods. I mean, depends what happens to you, (laughs) but, uh... But, yeah, uh, so... so But I I can entertain you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um... (laughs) In the woods. Yeah, so I, I did, I did that, um... I then, while I was in Thailand, I got certified in diving. I worked as a dive master in Indonesia. Um, after that, that was about four years ago. Um, so my early 20s were a lot of travel, a lot of trying different jobs. Mm-hmm. All things that I liked for different degrees. I, I liked cooking a lot. I liked working in, you know, I liked being a ranger. I liked working in the backcountry. It was great. Um, but none of it was none of it was creative enough. Um, also, dive master. I love being on the ocean. I love sea creatures, blah, blah, blah. Um, Audrey
2: recently um, confided in me that the plan after
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: rich and famous from. <laughs> Writing screenplays
1: i wanted james cameron it i want
2: to Audrey wants to fool james cameron she wants to save coral in the ocean i
1: want to go be on a boat and you know sail around and explore the mysteries of the deep which i know has already been done thank you james cameron i'd like to follow up with that with a second act um but yeah so I, I explored a whole bunch of like loves but never really found what i wanted to do um after i came back from indonesia i got really really sick um or was hospitalized um due to a uh, infection I got while in uh, Indonesia and after I woke up from that it was a pretty hard uh, recovery process. I was sort of I was in the hospital for we weeks, a few weeks and then after that I was really weak. Um, I decided that I wanted to try to find something more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and something with a little more artistry to it. And so, uh, less poisonous. <laughs> yeah, less poisonous stuff. So, um, I moved to LA and I started, you know, doing these little projects, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that sort of picks up to where we were before, which, you know, I was doing this and I wasn't sure what part of filmmaking I wanted to be involved in because, yeah. um, like, I think cinematography is really wonderful and interesting. Um, But I realized uh, that storytelling uh, uh, was really what I wanted to do.
2: I think we come by it naturally.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think I sort of resisted that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take a different path than my parents. um, Whereas Hallie Mm -hmm. more embraced it. And ultimately, uh, I think this is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, whatever that means.
2: Too late to turn back now. That's for fucking sure. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, I want to
1: tell you. Yeah, I know,
0: (laughs) It's not too late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Eddie, shady. That's supposed to for a positive thought.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I know. <I'm> <laughs> yeah, it sounded great. It's like you guys could be doing something else.
0: <laughs> so, uh, as you're finding yourself through all the uh, the world exploration, how 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 did you determine where you'd be hopping next and what you'd be doing next, or? <sighs>
1: I mean, I honestly, I was following very much just what I wanted to see and what I could afford.
0: Like, in the moment? or oh, Do you have a thought on Yeah, I did,
2: actually. What, I, what, um, Audrey, as a little kid, was always the, uh, she always loved creatures. I do love creatures. She loves creatures. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, she always had, like, a fucking frog in her hand <laughs> or a lizard or something, you know, when she was little... And what I have noticed about her travels is that everywhere she's gone, she she has a story attached to some little creature. Like I remember the first time Audrey saw uh, the sea turtles coming up through the the sea turtle hatching, and blah blah blah. Yeah,
1: when I the first day I was in Indonesia, I spent um, you know more like I spent more the better part of a year there. I was on the beach before I started my job at this dive shop, and literally under the table I was sitting at with my dive partner, like having a beer, these baby sea turtles just came out of the ground and, you know, w- were wandering their way to the sea. And, you know, there mm-hmm. are like feral dogs and stuff. So my dive partner and I, like, put down our beers to protect the sea turtles as they were going to the water because those fuckers are just really small and blind. <laughs> like, they don't know where they're going. Um, but that was. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah I think if that's true. If you look true. on our fridge, Ooh. there are
2: Nudibrank magnets. Yeah, <laughs> um, another Audrey, creature I like. <laughs> Audrey, uh, what was it? You thrust your iPhone in front of my face the other day, and she's like, "Have you ever seen a sea frog?" <laughs> A not, frog. not a sea frog a frog fish. a frog fish. this one is a hairy frogfish. this is a frogfish with ten legs so, is, you know,
1: like- yeah like you're right if there were another career path for me it would like marine biologists probably would have been cool yeah. um but i think like in my in my old lady retiring years when i don't have children but you know i have a lot of you know badly trained dogs we'll all get on a boat together and go off and look at the frogfish. Uh yeah. until then stories about the frog fish stay <laughs> yeah. tuned. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I, I am unfamiliar with frog fish. Right? Oh, would you like to see them?
1: Oh yeah, this, we'll this is a to, great we'll audio. <laughs> oh, they're so. If you could just, yeah. If there was a video of just frogfish, you, that can, would you be. can describe
0: it to. So, f- uh,
1: so there, to... there are two different kinds of frogfish. There are hairy <laughs> frogfish and regular frogfish. Regular frogfish just look like snot, but like in really colors. They're mucus colors. monsters. They're mucus monsters, and but they have oh little my. feet, so they walk across the ocean floor, and they're ambush predators. It so. looks
2: like a big loogie with. Eyeballs, but cute, like a, a cute loogie, a cute spotted loogie with sort of undifferentiated foot
1: things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's hairy ones, which are just—they look like a like a wig. What became sentient, which is yes. uh, which is yes. nice. Yeah,
0: a wig became sentient.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they got
0: like a little flipper, sort of. Yeah, it's very bright too, orange. Mm-hmm.
2: They're yeah. great. They're great
3: creatures. <laughs> They're cool. And... We may have one as a pet <laughs> one
2: day. <laughs> I mean, one thing I I do think that there may be an axolotl
0: pet in our future. I do like axolotls. What's an axolotl?
1: An axolotl, uh, an axolotl. So axolotls are little amphibians, and they live in one uh, lake in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, by Mexico City, and uh, they are endemic to Mexico, but it became incredibly uh, endangered. Because uh, they're amphibians, so they all the toxins go through their skin. They were also overfished because they're blah blah blah, and their is being encroached upon. But oh, they're
2: popular like weird pets now. Yeah,
1: people breed them as pets now, mm-hmm. and they uh, live in little tanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: the American version of an axolotl is a mud puppy, mm-hmm. pretty much. Which yeah. are but they're those are horrifying.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't look those yeah. up. A mud puppy.
2: Yeah, but what's <laughs> cute about axolotls is that they've got the cutest little faces that always look like they're smiling. And uh, apparently they're finicky pets.
1: You have to... I don't want one as a pet. I'd like okay. to see one in its majestic natural environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you not hear anything about the James Cameron thing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Copy that. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. I wanted to ask question, getting back to industry one more time. Before yeah. We, uh, I, it's more of like a, a selfish question. I'm very curious about the process of finding the representation and... So there's agents, there's managers. Mm-hmm. We're talking the literary field, right? As mm-hmm, writers? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what we're going for. Because literary agents cover the writers and director. Or just they writing, can. Right? Yeah,
2: they can. I mean, a manager is someone who's basically like along for the ride of your whole career. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: I know. I spoke with a manager once, a literary manager, and and, and I, I liked the idea of it for sure. Where I was like, all right, great. You're going to help me and my writing partner kind of hone in our stuff and mm-hmm. make sure it's in proper formatting for the treatments and mm-hmm. our lookbooks and or whatever the whatever the case is with sure. with format I don't know whatever yeah. whatever the industry is looking for in that moment they're more in the know of of how to
1: Yeah, we just had we just had an agent describe to us sort of because that's a question we keep having because people define managers and agents differently. Like every time we talk to someone, and so uh, this agent just said that uh, the manager is more of the dental hygienist. Oh right. In that uh, they are the person that comes in and you know does an assessment before the dentist. The agent comes in and you know cleans things up. Uh, tells you, takes a look at all your shitty ideas and culls the bad ones mm-hmm. and encourages the good ones before you present these really polished products to your agent who then, you know... Tries to sell them. Tries to sell them.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, um, unless it's ready to sell, they're not going to help develop it. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Um, and, and so I think we definitely need both. That's yeah. the idea. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and um, w- what we were doing in New York is literally cold calling well
1: not called cold emailing mm-hmm. people which shockingly got some responses which I know, is a couple is very surprising um uh, and what, the you
0: know, what was mentioned in the how did you what so was, uh, uh, the, uh
2: the, so the what the con- we said is um we are a sister writing directing team uh, we have a movie that is coming out. We had a link to our website, and we had a link to the trailer for Earthquake Country.
1: And then uh,
2: the pilot script. And a, and a pilot script, uh, Dead Planet. Yeah. Uh, and we said, um, if you want to take, uh, if you're interested in seeing any more of our work, or would like to connect and take a meeting, uh <laughs> We'll bend over backwards to make that happen, (laughs) but less desperate than that. Um, And we got a few responses, and mostly what the responses were was – when your movie is finished send us the movie. Yeah. And so kind of our strategy cuz I, and I know that even we've talked about this before Eddie is that there's so many different ways into the industry. Yeah. The way that Audrey and I have done it as opposed to a, a lot of the people like from grad school the the traditional way is to be a writer's assistant for 5 years. For 5 years work your way up and and you learn so much but you know you're also working 14-hour days for the, Whoever, and um, we are not taking that route.
0: Yeah, I always prefer the nice indie unilateral, you know, well, whatever the lateral jump of like I got all my experience in mm-hmm. the indie world, producing yeah. you know, stuff you can see, and then you can just jump straight to like a, the writer's room, like you're kind of. So that's
2: that's definitely that's what the, we're trying to cool. do. And earthquake country was we've been calling it we've been calling it our calling card. Mm-hmm. Like um, here's proof. That we can do what we say we can do. Um,
0: that you can produce. That yeah.
2: we can produce, that we can correct, that we're competent. Um, and then here's a whole bunch of writing uh, to bolster that and show you how we've developed, too, in the last couple of years. Uh, and so we did a lot of cold calls. Um, we uh, have been... Um... Otherwise, I think you just have to...
0: Honestly... So, so, I mean, now that the movie's done, you've been able to...
1: We haven't sent it out yet because we're talking to someone uh, who, where we're not making any moves before we get yeah. a green light from him.
2: Exactly. Um, so we're just sort yeah. of in a
1: holding pattern and we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of it. That's it. And
0: So we'll so when, see. When you say you're talking to someone, that means you, you, to to, you, took, you took a meeting and you liked what you heard. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we would... Be yes. delighted to be represented by this person
2: and he very much I think that uh I think that he uh is trying to find uh, he, a team for us. Yeah. He he has been very helpful and very generous and he's um sending out some projects that we've given him he what he thinks is our most uh compelling work compelling work to managers. And managers who you know are uh, kind of more our age, more our vibe. Yeah,
0: yeah. which is okay. which is great. So that, and that's pre that's pre-signing with the agent. Mm-hmm. That he's doing this extra legwork to see if there's any interest on the management side. Exactly. Before. yeah, like so it's like yeah. a little full package mm-hmm. bow tie deal. Yeah.
2: yeah, and we don't know if this guy's been a representative or not. Sure. He he's being very very generous. Very generous at this, at this time. time. Yeah. So very generous um, at this time.
1: So we shall we shall see. But yeah. I think um, one of the things he said that um, sounds very very true. I, I trust him uh, completely. Actually, um,
0: <laughs> with my life. Yeah.
1: Um, well, definitely with my career. Um, which is sort of my life. So <laughs> oh, shit. Um, is he said that you know until you meet someone who's willing to go to bat for you, who's already in this industry. Um, there, there's not a ton you can do. I yeah. Mean, there, there are exceptions, of course. Like people do different things, but you, do, you need someone who's going to like vouch for you. Yeah. Uh, to get the ball rolling, and so that's what we're looking for. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: <laughs> <Just> faces. <laughs> I
3: don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that was great. No, I wish I
2: could say like more about that. I mean like yeah. we like cold cold calling uh did yield some results.
1: Mm-hmm. Um We had morning. we had one agent re not ask for the movie but read our script and just, you know, it wasn't wasn't for him. Yeah. Um and so I will say that like I was really surprised that like just emailing like agents at big Mm -hmm. Big places like you—you can do that, and if you send enough, like they will eventually look at. Like someone will look at your stuff. I mean, their assistants. Yeah.
2: One of the um the the strategy that we used is we got IMDb Pro and we um looked at writers
1: that we liked.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and who the agent managers were that represented them and th- that's who we emailed.
1: Yeah. Well we didn't even email agents, we just emailed managers. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah we that's just emailed kind managers of mm-hmm. who we've been um, trying to Which is safe. sort of the advice like Hallie got from her professors and mm-hmm. advisors were like if you're gonna pursue one first it makes sense to pursue the manager first. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. that's what everyone so
0: at. they'll help shape you for the, yeah the, mm-hmm. the, exactly yeah. tell us
1: all the stuff that sucks so we don't try to send it to anyone yeah, exactly yeah.
0: yeah okay so i guess i guess the only other thing i'd be curious to hear about is like all right so you have the emails out this agent says i would love to meet up mm-hmm. i'm curious on what what sort of uh Questions or hmm. or conversations, and what, when the meeting is had, what uh, what what that looks like, or if there's anything. Well, one of the kinda...
2: he, well, we we have a whole bunch of questions for him that he has been very generous in in answering yeah, for us. I think, really, I think like and fifty
1: questions that yeah. we wrote down, and he and answered them all. So yeah, uh. and, and
2: a lot of it is how to present ourselves. What um what mistakes he uh, mm-hmm. often.
1: Saw made. Um, uh, what else? I mean, yes. how does S- S- Such as. Uh, such <laughs> a, I mean, we had some, some real questions about like, yeah. uh, what are deal breakers you've had with He's I mean, this guy's been in the industry for a long time. Sure, sure. Um, Just
0: like overall in general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: what could we do to mess this up? What could we do to be excellent clients? What could we do to be attractive sure, both sure. to, you know, being hired in rooms? What could we do to be attractive? And uh, we did ask the question of like, should we which is funny because you just mentioned this with managers like should we be trying to tailor what we're writing to the whims of the market or the zeitgeist of hollywood and he was very adamant about no just write what you want yeah and yeah. if it's good there'll be a place for it um, yeah, i was surprised by that yeah no
0: way. yeah no of course that makes sense to me yeah
1: yeah no it definitely makes sense
0: to us mm-hmm. too but i mean there's so much uh, you, can't, you can't predict what people are gonna like mm-hmm. two years from now when your thing gets made like it's not yeah quite how yeah yeah true uh, very yeah.
1: true, but there is such a political element of Hollywood that, you know, it. and there are certain things, I mean, even Hallie at grad school with some of the plays she was writing, like, there were uh, some, uh, some things that, like, even your professors were, like, this might not be the political time to write that. You know, oh, Cuntloaf? With, yeah, for for Cuntlow. <laughs> um, I I wrote so a like, play called Cuntlow. Should we be making these screen version of Cuntlow? <laughs> the answer is apparently yes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, but I think it's funny because uh, the the two. Scripts that this agent said were definitely like the most marketable, mm-hmm. the ones that he's sending out to people for us
1: um, are the ones we like the best. Are the so. ones we
2: like the best and are the ones, are the ones of, yeah, so. yeah, and also the ones that are the, the
1: weirdest yeah. too. And so that was super, super mm-hmm. validating. It was yeah. yeah. So yeah, yay
0: no it's yeah. very cool mm-hmm. it's great that that had that's aligning so far with
2: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And it's just
2: we don't expect yeah. anything to happen um really no, sure. soon You're, you know it's just this is this is what we've signed up for
0: yeah no it's very exciting yeah, i like it, it. Is exciting. i like it i like it um like i don't know on on that on that note i think i think it's it's been a grand time
1: it certainly has
0: yeah thank you for coming over and for asking us these uh questions Mm -hmm. thanks for having me over uh i guess last very i usually ask for people socials for people can follow (laughs) but that's not the case here
2: the mcpherson (laughs) sisters.com yeah yeah
0: that's That's our website that's our website great check it out Check out the website. Mm-hmm. Um, Check out our
2: Indiegogo
1: campaign for Ghost Town. Ghost
0: Town. Is that on the website as well?
1: It actually oh. isn't on our website. We'll put it on our website today. Do it. Yeah.
0: And then for, I guess, I'm assuming it's going to be a while for like the general public to be able to watch Earthquake Country. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: it's going to premiere at one of these festivals. Is there, Hopefully. <laughs> is there a yeah.
0: place for people to... Stay in the know on where what's happening with that. Is that our, awesome? website. Yep, website. our website,
1: mm-hmm. yep, our website. Yeah, you can see a trailer for the movie in there, mm-hmm. um, and then once we have some dates about where it will actually be premiering, which won't be till next year, but um, you yeah. will find it there. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <Great>. All <laughs> Thanks, right. I. That's it. Bye bye. <laughs>